Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Stars James Marino. Whoa! Whoa. What is going on here? <laughs> the stars have aligned. Yeah, we usually only do this like for the anniversary of today on Broadway anymore. Like we never do this outside of like whatever that is, March 9th or something. So Yeah, I know. Well, you I'd don't re- bring me flowers. I, I don't. Uh, although you you did bring me pasta last time I was uh, in town, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so it's nice to be able to uh, do a show with you, James. It's been a while. Uh, Ashley is out today, and Grace has something going on, so we called in the big guns, the uh, the big daddy of Broadway radio, to do an episode today on Broadway, so we really appreciate that. If you miss James in your ears on a daily basis, what you can do is you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon, and then just listen to this week on on Broadway five to seven days a week and it'll feel like he is doing today on Broadway or maybe you can divvy it up into like shorter sections to to pace them out throughout the week which would you prefer James well you know uh I, I think that you can listen today to this week on Broadway just a couple of minutes a day and we had Jonathan Groff on last Sunday it was so yeah. much fun unbelievable yeah yeah you gotta love it gotta love it he will be obviously be back on Broadway this fall in next season in a revival of Merrily We Roll Along. As we get into this show, there is something that we are going to start the show with, but if you're listening to us on Patreon, I'm sorry, we can't tell you about it yet. So, if you are hearing us on Patreon, make sure you head over to the regular feed at 9am sharp on Thursday morning. We will have some news in that feed that we can tell you about then. At the start of this show in Patreon, I'm sorry we have to skip it because of embargoes. So our first bit of news today is something that has been rumored and being bandied about throughout the Broadway community for a number of weeks and even months. That is the long-awaited, long-gestating Broadway premiere of David Byrne and Flat, Fat Boy Slim's musical Here Lies Love is officially coming to Broadway this Summer. It will begin performances on Saturday, June 17th at the Broadway Theater. It'll have an official opening night on July 20th. One of the reasons that I've heard so much about this performance is if you know Here Lies Love, it was a fairly immersive production when it was done off Broadway and it has been done uh, around the world, including in London. They are going to transform the Broadway Theater. And in fact, I think they're already in the process of doing it into a, a less proscenium environment into an, uh, uh, a setting where audiences will stand and move with the actors. There'll be a wide variety of standing and seating options available with the reconstructed theatrical space. More details about that will be announced soon. Tickets are not yet on sale, but you can sign up to get information about when that will happen. Returning to the show in the creative team will be Alex Timbers doing the directing. Choreography will be by uh, Olivier Award nominee Annie B. Parson. Of course, Fatboy Slim wrote the music and David Byrne provided the concept, music, and lyrics. Um, This is a show that had some tremendous off-Broadway pedigree and was something that I think a lot of people, James, had anticipated coming to Broadway a lot sooner than it actually did. It originally played the public theater in 2014, then went to the National Theater in London in 2014 with a completely different cast, then had a fairly heralded Seattle run, which had a couple of the same cast members from those previous productions in 2017. From what I have heard, James, and this is not part of the official press release, there was no casting in the official press release, I have heard that 
a lot of the cast will be turned over. Of course, the original story of this show features the um, it's kind of it's set up as like clubbers go inside Club Millennium and a DJ sets up a party with music. And it's all about Amelda Marcos and and her her kind of life. Amelda Marcos was played originally by Ruthie Ann Miles. We know that she is busy playing the beggar woman in Sweeney Todd. Uh, Ferdinand Marcos was played by Jose Lana. I also don't think that he is going to be a part of it. Also in the principal cast was Conrad Ricamora, Melanie Boutiou and Kelvin Moon Lowe. I do think we've got a fairly decent shot of Conrad coming back. I don't know about everybody else, but I have heard that a lot of the people who were actually in that cast, even ensemble people, James, have had to re-audition for their roles. Granted, I mean, it's been eight years, uh, nine Mm. years by the time this happens. So um, exciting show that a lot of people were super pumped about. Won a number of drama desks, won a bunch of awards, um, all types of different things. Didn't get the chance to come to Broadway right away. So it'll be fun to see what they're able to do when they come to the Broadway in June. It's crazy. You know how the Tony Awards has that weird thing if you've had a major production off-Broadway? You know what I'm getting at there? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, but here's the thing. I think it has to be has to have been 10 years or more since oh. then. I think this still falls in and that might be why yeah. they I mean, I don't know if that's really why, but I mean yeah. it, it might be why they are kind of coming in in 2014 to get or to 2023 to get under that 10-year window from 2014. I believe the way you qualify as a revival is if there was a major New York production and then you're back more than 10 years later. Um so I, I could maybe those rules are wrong. Maybe those rules will change this year, but I believe that's how that falls. So I think think this will still be qualified as a new musical but it is interesting we've talked about this before james how many shows are opting to open in the summer this year we know about back to the future the musical opening in the summer we know that once upon a one more time is planning to open in the summer and now we know that here lies love is opening in the summer that is something that very rarely ever happened we saw it with hamilton but hamilton defies all logic and, and coming out of the public could have done whatever it wanted Moulin Rouge also did it during the summer and not to the same level of Hamilton, but it came in, you know, with all of the huge, huge name recognition of the movie and had an out of town tryout in Boston. I don't know that any of these three shows rise to that level, maybe back to the future. Um, But I think it's interesting that so many shows are opting to open during the summer, which is not something we see very often. Hmm. That is interesting. I, I I did not know about the ten year rule. That's really cool. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So, but yeah. somebody out there who might know sure. better than I uh, will let. And me it know. does, you know, they, they they, you know, the Tony Awards Committee reinvents themselves more than the House of Representatives. So. <laughs> oh God, yeah, but I feel like they can at least pick a pick a few leaders at the Tonys more than uh, the House of Representatives can, or at least more quickly. So. <laughs> Um, All right, so let's get into our next story. Again, if you are listening at Patreon, this is your first story, but it is still a fairly big one. On Tuesday night, for the first time in a few years, the Golden Globes Awards, uh, Golden Globe Awards were broadcast on NBC. They took a year off because of all of the controversies surrounding the Hollywood Foreign Press Association who puts on the awards ceremony. Some of the big winners, I'm just going to run through some of the big ones here. Um, best motion picture drama was Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. We also had um, best. Uh, let's kind of. I'm scrolling through here just to kind of find some of these other things. 
um, best television show drama, House of the Dragon, um, some of those. But the reason I want to talk about this is that there was a ton of theater folks who were recognized in these awards, starting first and foremost with that award win for the Fablemans. Um, obviously, Steven Spielberg directed the uh, West Side Story film, but that movie was written by Spielberg and Tony Kushner. They uh, shared the the win with that one. And then the film, The ba- uh, Banshees of Inishirin, won for Best Screenplay Motion Picture. That was written and directed by five-time Tony nominee Martin McDonough. Then on the performance side, Angela Bassett, who has been on Broadway multiple times and actually three shows, including two August Wilson shows. She was named Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture for her performance as Queen Ramunda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I think she's pretty much locked up the Academy Award for that role, which is kind of interesting, but we'll see how that works. Kate Blanchett, who was most recently on Broadway in 2017's The Present, she won for Best Actress Motion Picture Drama for her performance as composer and conductor Lydia Tarr in the film Tarr. Jennifer Coolidge, who's been on Broadway multiple times, won for Best Supporting Actress Television Limited Series Motion Picture for her work on The White Lotus. Um, Amanda Seyfried, who won for Best Actress Limited series anthology series or television motion picture she was not there she won for her turn as uh the head of theranos in the dropout but she was not there the presenter cole hauser said that quote amanda seyfried is deep in the process of creating a new musical this week and could not be here tonight we don't know exactly what that musical is. Amanda posted a, a little video on Instagram saying the same thing. James, this has been bandied about quite significantly among people trying to figure out what this is. A lot of people online were wondering, hey, New York, New York hasn't announced its cast. Could Amanda Seyfried potentially be mm. in that? I'm here to tell you, no, she's not. Um, I don't know what she's in. She is not. Some of us have heard who the stars of that are, and we still cannot figure out why the hell it hasn't been announced yet. It's coming up very soon. Um, it is not Amanda Seyfried. So I, I know she is not in that. But some of the things I was I was honestly hoping, even though I knew it was almost never going to happen, I was really hoping she was going to be the new lead in Once Upon a One More Time. Um <laughs> Uh, Briga Helen was the star when it did Out of Town not super well received and I've heard that the vast majority of that cast is being replaced Briga Helen has, has more experience on television Amanda Seyfried obviously a big TV and movie star now maybe they brought her in I didn't think that was going to be it. She also said in her video that she was doing something very different than she'd ever done before. Once Upon a One More Time is fairly similar to Mamma Mia. So I don't think that's actually it, but I really, really wish that was it. Um, a lot of people have said to me privately that they they don't know, but they think it she might be working on Florence from Florence and the Machines version of The Great Gatsby. So uh, lots of interesting potential things out there. I don't know what this is, but uh, Amanda Seyfried, big time tv or tv and movie star done multiple movie musicals about time to get her in a musical on broadway to be clear she did not say this was coming to broadway it could be a movie musical for all we know but very interesting if it is one of those projects we just mentioned and really really fingers crossed she's playing i don't know cinderella i think cinderella was the lead in once upon a one more time (laughs) okay You don't, you're not buying it? Is she too big for that? Is that what you're saying? Is that why you and Grace laughed at me when I said that? Is she going to be bad Cinderella? No, that's different. That's different. (laughs) That's That's this season. Once Upon a One More Time is in the summer, so it's technically next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So many, so many Cinderellas. So many, so many summer Cinderellas. Yes. 
Uh, all right, so let's move on to my favorite segment of this week and every week. Last week's Broadway grosses, unsurprisingly, we all knew this was going to happen. There was a precipitous drop in the Broadway grosses coming off of the holiday week between Christmas and New Year's. Overall, Broadway dropped about $14.5 million to $37,394,931. That was a 28% drop overall. It actually only saw a 12% dip in terms of its attendance, which is fairly good coming off of that week. That means some shows did a good job of keeping people coming in even after the holiday rush. There was 275,834 people in the seats throughout the final or throughout the first week of the new year on Broadway. The biggest grocer of the week was The Music Man as it heads into its final week right now. It was at $3,146,164. It was followed James, we keep talking about this uh, here on Today on Broadway. Phantom of the Opera was mm-hmm. second at $2,185,000. Again, we keep seeing it. These long-running shows announcing, closing, and then just doing absolutely buku, boku business. Uh, always fun. Beetlejuice in its final week on Broadway also cleared the $2 million mark to come in at $2,146,000, followed by Hamilton at two point one, And then Funny Girl setting a new August Wilson House record at $2,062,000. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are The Lion King, Wicked, MJ, Cursed Child, Into the Woods in its final week on Broadway, Aladdin, Mulan Rue, six book of mormon and juliet and a beautiful noise almost famous which also wrapped up its run on broadway came in at eight hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. down at the other end of the scale was between riverside and crazy at one hundred thirty-nine thousand nine hundred nineteen dollars. but that was at least partially impacted by the fact that they had to cancel a number of shows they only played four shows out of their total of eight during that given week so overall james not a bad week there were actually some shows that saw week-to-week increases death of a salesman mike berbiglia the old man in the pool um top dog underdog 1776 in its final week uh ohio state murders the collaboration all saw increases which is nice to see especially since a lot of those are plays they had an opportunity to get uh, a little bit of extra money which is not normal during the first week of january yeah i mean the first week of january is the phrase there that that that's usually we're we're usually talking really much much worse news than what you just recapped. Yeah, so very exciting. I wonder if the weather was it was fairly nice weather last yeah. week, was it not? I wonder yeah. if that had anything to do with it. Hmm. Uh, I I do have to say that uh, I I don't want to jinx us, but you know we've been in you know relatively it's been a little bit wet out, um, but pretty warm for January in New York. Yeah, I, I you guys are having really nice weather. Southern California is having really, really terrible weather yeah. right now. So um, I don't know how that balances out on the scales of things, but I'm sure that as long as the majority of people in Southern California are safe, that I think people in New York will take that. All right, let's get into some show and casting news as well as some other little bits that I wanted to mention. Yesterday, the cast for the upcoming national tour of 1776 was officially announced. Of course, it just closed at the American Airlines Theater on Broadway. The national tour will begin at the Stanley Performing Arts Center in Utica, New York on February 11th with an official opening at the Forest Theater in Philadelphia. Now, not everybody from the Broadway cast will be joining the national tour, although a lot of them will. 
then there will be some people from the from the Broadway production who will be continuing with the Broadway tour, but not in the roles they played on Broadway. Here, I'm just going to give you uh, the ones that are keeping their same roles, but I will highlight some of the other ones as well. But Nancy Anderson, Tiffany Barber, Shauna Hammock, uh, Lulu Pickard, Sav Souza, and Jill Valerie will be reprising the roles they played on Broadway. Also making the jump from New York to the tour are Shelby Acosta. She will now be playing Secretary Charles Thompson. Gisela Adisa will be taking over the role of John Adams, which is very nice. Joanna Glushak will be taking over the role of John Dickinson, which she actually played in Cambridge and then gave over to Carolee Carmelo and is now going back to it. Liz Michael will be playing Benjamin Franklin. Uh, Onika Phillips will be playing John Hancock. Aurelia Sur will be playing Judge James Wilson. Brooke Simpson as The Courier and Gwen Wood as George. Read a number of other cast members will be joining. We will have that list, of course, in the show notes as well. Then, this is a really interesting story here, James. Yesterday, the Mint Theater Company, which does some really great work off Broadway, especially with shows that have kind of been lost to history, they are doing a, a world premiere, which seems weird for the Mint Theater Company, but it is a show that was written in 1930. It is was unpublished and unproduced. It is called Becomes a Woman, and it was written by Betty Smith, who is the author of the iconic novel A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. It'll be playing at New York City Center Stage 2 beginning on February 2nd with an opening night of February 27th and then playing through March 18th. In the show, uh, Francie is a 19-year-old woman living with her family in Brooklyn. She works at a five and dime store as a singer at the sheet music counter, which I didn't realize they had at five and dime stores, but that's cool. Um, co- her coworkers only see her as a shy woman afraid of the world. So when Francie discovers her courage, she surprises everyone, but most of all herself. Uh, we have, we'll have the complete cast list for that show in the show notes if you want to check that out. But that's a really cool opportunity and something that the Mint Theater Company does really, really well about highlighting shows that a lot of people, even theatrical diehards, are unfamiliar with. And then getting into some pretty big uh, business news on the side of Broadway and not for profits and off Broadway. Yesterday, it was announced that Barry Grove will step down as the executive producer of the Manhattan Theater Club at the conclusion of this season. Under Lynn Meadow and Groves' leadership, MTC has produced nearly 450 American and world premieres, and they have earned 28 Tony Awards, seven Pulitzers, and 50 Drama Desk Awards. Um just an absolute incredible career. He began in that role in 1983-84 and moved the company off-Broadway to New York City Center, creating a 300-seat theater and a year later adding a 150-seat theater. Um, just an, an absolute incredible career and an iconic legacy that has really changed the face of what a lot of New York theater looks like both on and on Broadway. As far as we know, Lynn Meadow will continue in her role uh, as the artistic director, but I think that's her official title. But um, certainly when somebody of that stature steps down from their position after such an iconic career, that will provide some opportunities for that organization to do things different and to bring in new voices, but certainly something that deserves to be celebrated, James. That is tremendous news. You know, Uh, Barry Grove is just, he's a He's just, uh, you know, as as part of Broadway, as the Broadway theater itself. Yeah. I mean, when you put him with like Andre Bishop, uh, yeah. looking at kind of the, some of the leaders of these not-for-profit theaters that produce both Broadway and off-Broadway, and with all due respect to some of the people who are leading Roundabout and Second Stage, like, but 
Andre and Barry, and they don't, they don't do the exact same jobs, but you throw those two in with Lynn and it really is a, a, a force. And I do want to, uh, I do appreciate Manhattan theater club who we had gotten on them quite a bit over the years about being a very insular group in terms of what they produce playing specifically to their older white subscription audience. They really seem to have taken that to heart perhaps as much as anybody else in the theater community in terms of the not-for-profit organizations, they've really kind of diversified the types of shows that they do. And I appreciate that. And I'm sure that Barry and Lynn were obviously instrumental in all of that. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is a feel-good recommendation. If you are not following on various social media platforms, the account at Raising Self, you absolutely should. Now, the person behind Raising Self, her name is Samantha. She is a project manager. She's a coder. I believe she's in LA. She's wonderful. She's brilliant. She's great. But the reason to watch her TikToks and her Instagram videos and her tweets is because of her young son, Nathan. Nathan is a diehard musical theater fan just kind of coming into his love for the genre and some of the best videos that they have feature him singing along to things in their car and he's done some the, the one of the best ones was a recent one where he's singing along to naughty from uh, the matilda movie and it's really great but anyway the reason i want to mention that is that apparently delta airlines has reached out to Samantha and her family, and they are sending Nathan and their entire family to New York City to see their first Broadway musical when it is convenient for the family. These videos are so joyful. And I got to tell you, Nathan is, I mean, I, I don't know how old he is, maybe 10, 11, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but he's a young black boy who is so expressive and so incredible. There has been, a, there was a recent video that I saw that they posted of Leslie Odom Jr. commenting on how, committed and insightful his performances are just singing along in the car so it they really are just a balm to whatever ails you on a daily basis so uh check out at raising self on whatever social media platforms you frequent but they really really are joyful when so much of social media is horrendous they really are great and i'm excited to follow along with whatever nathan and his family see and <laughs> it does appear that um Ayanna Prescott and uh, and Rain of at Rain of April. I don't know April's last name, but she is a a big um, social media advocate for arts. She was the person who coined the term "Oscar is so white." They were instrumental in helping this actually happen. So uh, very excited to see what happens with this. And congratulations to Delta and the entire family. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. James, where can people find you? If Are you really on social media anymore? You really aren't. Um, not really, but, you know, I kind of lurk. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see when people post really, really stupid things and then delete them. Oh, was it deleted? Yeah, it was deleted. Okay. Mm, right. Isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> smart. Good, good deletion. Good deletion. Good deletion, yes. So my name is James Marino. Uh, you can find me at James Marino on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and other places like that, but I'm not really around that much. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. And uh, who's coming back tomorrow, Matt? Uh, Grace and I will be back tomorrow. All right, we'll talk to you then. You had to think about how to close the show. It's been a while, hasn't it? Awesome.